You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast with our friend John Owning. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. It's kind of time to continue on that conversation that we were trying to start on Friday before we were rudely interrupted by a Robert Quinn yeah, trade. Uh, the NFL and the Cowboys get in our way sometimes. It's, it's kind of a pain, but that's it's, okay. It's true. Uh, so coming up on today's show, we're going to discuss some of the Cowboys 30 pre-draft visits. Now, we don't have all the, the names out yet. And in fact, I'm pretty sure the Cowboys don't even know who exactly they're bringing in yet. Uh, they like to save some of those names, uh, you know, some spots in case something else happens over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but we do have a list of like 17, 18 players uh, that we that have been confirmed visits. And I kind of want to dive into some of those players today. Um, let's start at the running back position. Uh, so far, mm. only one running back the Cowboys are bringing in, and that is Mike Weber of Ohio State. Kind of a do-it-all back that you can get in day three. Uh, is it surprising that the Cowboys are bringing in a running back, and do you have any thoughts on Weber? Well, I mean, we all kind of talked about how we thought they were going to you know, continue to bring in maybe a change of pace back, but then it, you know, word came out pretty quickly that they seemed to be interested in more of a well-rounded you know. Mm-hmm skill set and uh, and that they're looking for I, I mean clearly they're looking to potentially add somebody that can insulate them from uh, a situation where Zeke's contract gets to the point where he's going to hold out or something like that so you know if they can figure out a way to get a uh, a running back who could you know maybe at least take some carries and, and not leave them in the lurch if sure. something happens sure. with Zeke. I think that's kind of where they're at. So that's why they're looking at a Mike Weber as opposed to uh, you know a more scat back type uh, uh, Trayvon Williams or uh, Miles know, Gaskin some, that we looked at like before. That. Yeah. yeah, Gaskin. Um, or, go ahead. So yeah, I think that's 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 more the thought process. Yeah, there. really quickly. I've heard they've been kind of sniffing around some of the other running backs in the class. I know they have interest in Daryl Henderson, the running back from Memphis. I don't remember if we covered him on an earlier podcast, but yeah, we did. Th- that's we a did. guy that I could see can make sense if he falls to the third round. That's a little, it's a little pricey for the Cowboys in terms of taking a running back, but uh, that's a pretty special player. And the other guy is Tony Pollard, another Memphis running back, a really good receiver, can do some stuff on special teams. Uh, so don't be surprised if they pick a running back. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, if you look at what they've been doing in free agency, it seems to me that they're setting themselves up so that they can pick whoever they want at fifty-eight. I mean, the idea being that the or at whoever 90, falls or to at them, 90, that, either spot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think they 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 are trying to set themselves up so that they aren't pigeon-held to having to take you know position X or position Y at, at fifty-eight, ninety. And that's not really surprising. Sure. I mean, that's kind of their mo. But I think that they've done a little bit better job in this last week. Of of setting themselves up to draft freely and 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 maybe even free enough to potentially take a guy like Henderson and you know high, but uh, I I kind of would be surprised. I mean, having said that, I, I to me I feel like 
you know, and, and they've mentioned this as well that they that they, there's a whole second secondary market for very solid backup running backs that happens right. after the draft, um, and so there's tons of availability not only late in the draft but also in free agency. So there's plenty of room for uh, error for you to, to to just wait on running backs and still be able to pick up a solid option later on. In this I'm process. not a big fan of drafting running backs high, but if Darrell Henderson's uh, available. Uh, at pick 90 for the Cowboys, I would have a hard time saying no to that because I kind of do think he's a special talent. So just just something to, to monitor. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. Um, and I think this is the most intriguing position for me because um, the Cowboys have obviously spent a lot of resources at the position with Amari and Michael Gallup, and they have Cedric Wilson coming back. Uh, but it does appear that they're doing their due diligence at the at the position. And some of the guys that they're bringing in – kind of break away from what we maybe would have thought they would have been interested in earlier in the process. They're not looking for slot-only type of receivers. The The guys they are bringing mm. in are Debo Samuel, the wide receiver from South Carolina, Nicole Hardman from Georgia, and Emmanuel Hall from Missouri. All three of those guys have a lot of speed, can play both inside and outside. Uh, any thoughts on the combination of those three guys? Well, we've talked about Samuel and Hall on the show before, and I think our thoughts have been made known that we like both those guys. Um, you know, I think that Samuel is uh, more of a get the ball in his hands and let him do things kind of player, and and and, and Hall is more of your traditional deep threat. He's going to take the top off of defense with that speed yep. and his height and his long arms. And McCole Hardman is kind of a, a you know. A, a kick, a kick returner, punt returner, playing slot, you know, he's type athlete, position. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a super super athlete, uh, you know, incredible with the ball in his hands. I've only watched a little bit of him because my friend Keith Mullins won't stop talking <laughs> about him. So shout out to you, Keith. I did watch a little bit of Georgia tape, and uh, he and he does look really really explosive and fun to watch. Um, so you know, clearly, I, you know, part of. What they have freed up a little bit is their ability to kind of draft freely at the position and just go and get. I mean, they've done this overall, I think, um, but part of that process was getting their wide receiver core in such a way that they could draft just whatever talented right. wide receiver they that fell to them. I don't think that they feel like they need to go in there and take a, a, a Beasley replacement or a, an outside guy. I mean, they can wait and see, okay, well, if Hall falls, fantastic. We can go take Emmanuel Hall. All right, well, look, there's Debo Samuel. He's right there. Well, we don't have to worry about whether he fits or not. Right. We can we can plug him in with the guys we've got and find ways to get everybody involved. So, um, yeah, I think that's one of the things that, you know, again – when you lose a guy like Beasley, you know there's 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 the other side of the argument there, and 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 the one thing that you know he's a great individual player, but the thing that that kind of made it difficult with the wide receiver room is how do you get that talent on the field when he can only play it's the good, slot it's position? A point. And, and now it, I think it makes it easier to mix and match your best receivers on the field in different ways and still get everyone involved. Uh, it's also interesting to me that they're bringing in McCole Hardman because. Because that's somebody that's probably going to be a top yeah. 100 pick. Very raw, but is just a great athlete. It's just kind of interesting that maybe they're trying to change the way they're thinking of this slot position and getting more speed rather than a guy that does most of his work in the short to intermediate part of the field. So, just interesting. Uh, let's move on to tight end. Yeah. 
Uh, despite bringing back Jason Witten and drafting a tight end last year in the fourth round, the Cowboys do appear to have some interest in some of the top guys. Uh, they are bringing in Jay Sternberger from Texas A&M, Dawson Knox from Ole Miss, who has a lot of fans on draft Twitter. I saw the Senior Bowl director, Jim Nagy, say that he's a potential first-round pick. Uh, and Dax Raymond, uh, the tight end from Utah State, who the Cowboys saw at the Senior Bowl. Um, Landon, to me, it looks like they're going for a different type of tight end than we are used to seeing, right? We're, we're, we're used to seeing them go after the all-around, maybe blocker first type tight ends. To me, these are all yeah. these are great athletes that the Cowboys are trying to bring in. Does that surprise you? Uh, well, I mean, uh, it surprises me in a way because, uh, I mean, look, uh, I was someone who advocated for a, a little bit of, of the change of the position, a little bit of the change of usage of the position. And, you know, when we talked about the whole idea of them using wide receiver by committee, uh, I, I thought that the idea was that they needed to get a, a wider variety of uh, body types, yeah. or, or, or you know, like a, you know, the idea of needing a basketball team as your wide receiver core, right? Like the different collection of athletes that can all do different things. I kind of felt like that the tight end position needed that as well, and I, that wasn't really going to happen, you know, with with uh, Linehan as much. It was too much to even hope for the wide receiver core to be like that with Linehan, apparently. So uh, now that Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator. You know, I mean, he is a disciple of Peterson, and Peterson likes to use uh, kind of move players in general. I mean, he loves to use a lot of motion and that sort of thing. Uh, I think, and he really likes to use a lot of uh, motioning H back type of you know offline tight end situ- situations. The Cowboys use that as, as well. I mean, they use the, that position in conjunction with a, an on the line tight end. So, I think if you look at what the Cowboys have right now, they've got a bunch of six. Five type, six six type, you know, on the line. I mean, despite their ability to block on the line, they are you know more traditionally larger, taller, lengthier, you know, end of the line of scrimmage type body types, right? right? Um, and I think your your hope is that uh, is that these guys, the the guys that you have on the team currently, you know, Schultz and and, Dar- and Jarwin, you know, spend some time in the in the weight room and bulk up a little bit to even further kind of be those kind of players. These guys that you're presenting here with Jace and Dawson and Dax, I think are maybe potentially, like you've mentioned, more of the H-back, more of the move tight end, more of the the matchup type player. So maybe we are seeing an an actual drafting of this type of position. And I think, you know, when you also look at what they did with re-signing the fullback, like re-signing this at their... Uh, fullback who they think is you know who who is probably more well known as a you know receiver playmaker with the ball in his hand than than a you know punishing blocker uh, i think to me like it it shows maybe a willingness to use those other players uh in the passing game and, and see if you can create matchup problems that way Dawson Knox at his pro day on friday ran a 451 40 yard dash uh, he's an impressive. Is yeah, that good? I, I, I think that's pretty is that good. good uh, is considering good? what he is as an athlete and as a blocker, it's not hard to see why a lot of teams like him across the league. All right, um, really quickly before we move on to some more visits. Uh, so far, the Cowboys have not brought in a single offensive lineman for their pre-draft visits. Is that surprising to you, Lennon? <sighs> not really. I mean, there's not a ton of room at the end. When there's you think really about not. It. They like. 
they like the guy, the younger guys that they already have on the roster. Um, they've got basically all their starters and all their backups basically assigned. Maybe, you know, already maybe on a the spot roster. for a, a developmental tackle. Maybe, but there's no way that guy maybe, can be active maybe. on game day. Yeah, and so at that point, like, why would you even waste a pick on a guy like that? I think you probably would wait until, you know, late day three or or an undrafted free agent to see what kind of just freak you can get and pick him up and maybe uh, develop a guy. But, yeah, I don't know that, you know, I mean, they've got – there's just not a lot of room left in that room, and and I think that – you know they they they've got the developmental guys that they want in house, uh, and I think that they're probably just going to continue on, on along those lines. Yeah, especially in the interior. I mean, they've got a lot of depth there between. Uh, you know, Joe yeah. Looney now has a lot of experience. He's going to be your swing guard center on game day. Uh, they they have Xavier Suafilo who got a lot of reps last year. Um, they they like the the kid from Harvard. Um, I'm trying to think of his. Oh, Adam Redman. Uh, yeah, Redmond, they also yeah. traded for Parker Erringer, or however you say his name. Mm-hmm. I mess it up every single time. I, th- I think it's right. I think that is Erringer. It is yep. Erringer. Um, yeah. yeah. So they, they've just got a lot of depth there. All right, let's 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 go yeah. ahead and move on to the defensive line. And this is where a majority of the Cowboys' fences are going to be coming from. Uh, let's go ahead and start on the interior. Uh, a couple names for you, Landon. Uh, Kingsley Kiki who from Texas A&M, who we've talked about on this show. Uh, Tristan Hill from Central Florida, and Gerald Willis from Miami. Any thoughts on those three guys? Oh, yeah. Well, um, you know, we we watched um, we, we watched the Kiki, yeah, we I'm did. pretty sure. We did an earlier um, show on him. And I think he was actually one of the first guys I we watched. We weren't fans. We were uh, not fans. Yeah, he's, he's kind of got a weird body, if I remember yeah. correctly. He's kind of built like a three technique, but plays like well, a one technique. If you remember, we watched, while playing we watched Kiki, <laughs> and we fell in love with the guy that was playing next to him in Dalen Mack, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I just remember him feeling like he was kind of tweener-ish. You know, like he just had a, a weird. He was. I remember comparing him to Michael Sam, where he had a weird pairing of skill set with his body, and I just and it worked in college, and I wasn't sure how well it was going to work in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure if anyone's going to get anything out of a guy like that, it, it would be uh, it would be Marinelli. But I, you know, I think the other two guys probably intrigue me a little bit more. Um, I think. Uh, I I don't know how you feel about Tristan Hill, but I, I like him okay. I think he's pretty good. I I mean I I I would probably feel much more comfortable with him at ninety That's than fifty eight. Yep. But um, I think he's got you know a lot of what you're kind of looking for at, at the position. But he's just kind of he's a good but not great athlete. Well, see, I, I, see, I guess I, I thought position. he was okay when you look at his stuff at the combine. He had a 35-inch vertical, 115-inch broad jump. Uh, he ran a 504, which is not terrible at 308 pounds. I, I thought he was okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think that he's, you know, uh, I, you know I, I'm not like, I'm, I'm certainly not going to be upset if he's if he's the the choice. Uh, I just think he's that, a 90 like, guy he's, for us, right? That's probably the best way to yeah, say it. I'm, yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I think you know he's. I think he's got good burst off the line, but I don't know his change of direction is not great. You know, I think it's average-ish. You know, I just think that if we're gonna get guys like that, I think there's gonna be 
if we're okay with this kind of player at, at three technique, I think there's probably going to be better options, including you know some of these guys who we said that we were poo pooing at the combine sure. for their three cones, who had better well, three cones than, than really you know, quickly. He did. Um, Tristan Hill, like if you compare him to like Draymond Jones from Ohio State, which player did you like better on film? Mm-hmm. I haven't watched enough of Tristan Hill okay. to know for sure. I, I mean, I, I've I've seen a little bit of him, but but so I I shouldn't say. But I, I mean, I I mean, just immediately, I was more surprised by Draymond Jones's bad numbers and Tra- Tra- Tristan Hill's numbers look like what he plays yeah, at to a certain um, degree. Uh, the last guy, Gerald Willis, is a guy that I like a lot from Miami. Uh, now, he's got his own off-the-field stuff to deal with. Um, he sat out a year after getting into a fight with a teammate. Uh, but last year, super productive in 12 games, 18 tackles for a loss, four sacks. Uh, he's kind of your boom or bust defensive tackle. He's either going to get a sack or he's going to be completely washed out of the play. So uh, I, I think there's a lot of potential there. He's older. He's going to be almost 25 when the season starts. But I think that's a guy that you may be able to get in the third or fourth round and give you starter quality snaps. Have you seen Willis yet, Landon? You're not going to throw away the 25-year-old coming out into the draft, Marcus? You? Not of uh, it all depends people? on the round. I'm good with it in the third or fourth <laughs> I'm round. Just, yeah. just fine. I'm just fine. Uh, I, yeah, I've seen, a little, I've seen a little bit of Gerald Willis. I, I've, yeah, I've, I've watched Gerald. Uh, he's he's. I think when you when he does it right, he's the guy that like you know the scouts will do the thing of well you've seen him do it once you know Absolutely, he can do yes. it right and that's 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 where I think it is with Gerald Willis is that you've seen him when he when he comes out of his stance correctly when he blows up out of the out of this three point stance and, and then he goes not up but <laughs> that's right. the key that is, is that when, he, when he goes out and across the line of scrimmage that's when I think he is at his best the problem is I think he tries to burst up and, and gets too high he needs a lot of coaching. too quickly and it gets washed out yeah i mean it's which is weird because i i don't feel like he would be under coached at miami necessarily but uh yeah i do feel like you know he if he can get his burst going <laughs> across the line of scrimmage instead of just up i mean it's just it's consistency with technique it's repetition but i mean i guess the question there is is like exactly why um you know he doesn't this this shouldn't be something that he should be struggling with at this point already still right. you know so i guess my question i think for the scouts is why exactly hasn't this guy developed a little bit further along uh, the last point i want to make about these three defensive tackles is all these guys have some kind of off the field question or yeah. uh, effort question. I know Tristan Hill got benched at the end of the year. He was kind of in the doghouse at Central Florida. Jared Willis obviously was sat out a year. Kingsley Kiki, we kind of worried about his work ethic, and that could be the reason why the Cowboys are bringing these guys in. They want to they want to talk to him and get to know him, get know what's going on. Uh, so that's that's not all that surprising to me. All right, let's go ahead and move to edge rushers, and we've got three of them: Jalen Ferguson from Louisiana Tech. John Kaminsky from Charleston and our friend John Owning's favorite player in the draft, no. Christian Miller from Alabama. Any thoughts on these guys, Landon? Well, uh, Jalen Ferguson, I think, has taken a huge hit um, just because his you know number his testing numbers were abysmally yep. bad. I mean, like like record-settingly bad. 
Um, and I think some people have rightly pointed out that he's not a Gumby player. Like that's not his game, you know. So it's it, and I think I heard it on the draft show, if I'm not mistaken. But it's kind of like the Orlando Brown thing. It's just don't be historically bad, and that's all you have to do is just don't be historically right. bad. Well, he ended up being historically bad, so it's like now we're all questioning it. I, I tend to think that he's still probably you know going to give. I think he has something. Um, I think he has something worth developing. I, 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 but I do have concerns, like because I, you know, I mean, he did, he did perform um, against good competition. It wasn't like he, sure. you know, doesn't have the requisite athleticism to even make it there. But my question is, is that like, our team's going to be able to figure him out because he's not going to be able to create counter moves off of uh, agility and, and that's sort of the change of direction i mean eventually our team's going to be able to sit on him trying to use speed to power uh and and he's not going to have that counter back inside to get to the quarterback so i, I have some concerns there i'm um, just gonna add in really quickly on ferguson yeah please uh, please please yeah. 51 games 66 and a half tackles for a loss 45 sacks uh, to say that he was productive in college is an understatement. But, yeah. again, I think another reason why the Cowboys are bringing in, him in is he had an off-the-field incident in high school where I think he was charged with battery. So it, could the Cowboys just be bringing him in to kind of see what's going on off the field in, in case of a situation where if he's there at 90, do we feel okay or comfortable enough taking this player? So I just always find it interesting when the Cowboys bring in these types of guys uh, with – you know, some kind of off the field issue, but go ahead and continue, Landon. Well, that, that, I mean, that was basically. It. I, I just think that you know, I have concerns with his ability to create a counter move. Um, I, I think that uh, his speed to power is effective. It's just the the question is, you know, with the jump of competition, sure. what, once people watch you and have tape on you, are you is your game going to be able to survive that? Uh, so I'm going to talk about uh, Kaminsky really quickly because that's uh, yeah. a guy that. Oh, Neither yeah, yeah, of us yeah. have seen, uh, but we actually just heard about him right before we came on the podcast. But uh, a super, super athlete, uh, dominated at Charleston last year in eight games. He had 16 and a half tackles for a loss, two and a half sacks. As a sophomore, 10 games, 23 tackles for a loss. Uh, we kind of looked at his size at six foot five, 286 pounds. Probably going to be a three technique in Rob Marinelli's defense if the Cowboys draft him. This is, you know, a third or fourth, maybe fifth round guy where you're just banking on the athleticism. But uh, any thoughts on him or Christian Miller? Uh, I mean, this kid looks like an incredible athlete. Um, uh, Kaminsky, I mean, I think you, know, you look at him and, and he's got 99% in the three cone broad jump. I mean, he's plus 90% in, in, in three, ver- four very huge categories five actually um uh, so i you know the question always becomes about jumping competition you know how is this guy going to play against nfl competition uh you know what's what's the what's that transition going to look like so i think obviously that's part of a big reason why they brought him in to kind of get see what kind of person he is what kind of uh can he handle that kind of jump he's the first person i'm gonna Um, watch as soon as this podcast is done i have to go see what he's like yeah yeah exactly um you know, I think, and I, and Christian Miller. I mean, I trust John implicitly on these edge guys. I mean, I think he has a real talent for for this. And 
when he asked when he he started talking about Christian Miller, he he made me kind of go and watch. And I, I you know he I see the tools there for sure. Like he has the the kind of he's he's he has the the tools to set to be that sort of ten plus sack you know. Uh, sack master type. I, I really do believe that. And I think the athleticism kind of bears that out to a certain degree. Um, but, I, you know, it's weird. I think sometimes these guys on Alabama and Ohio State, we talk about it. Sometimes the good players, they get lost a little bit because they're surrounded by other great sure. players. Christian Miller was on a defense that's <laughs> it's got, you know, inc- some, uh, uh, incredible talent up and down the line. So it's, sometimes that stuff's really difficult to see, but uh, I, I I would have liked to known. I mean, not that Christian Miller didn't have uh, you know good production. I'm pretty sure he had he had almost ten sacks this year, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, he, he was pretty he had, solid like, there. Yeah, so I mean, I think even then, like you put him on a team where uh, he doesn't, he's not surrounded by five star athletes. Oh, no, he had he had yeah he had eight sacks. Um, I think you put him on a team where he doesn't have. Uh, you know, elite defensive linemen all around him, and and and, and you know, every, five star recruits everywhere, and his production goes probably way up. So I, I think he's one of these guys who may get lost in the wash a little bit, but could I mean, if he's at fifty eight, you're sprinting mm, to the, the 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 podium all right, to get three him. quick linebackers: Dre Greenlaw from Arkansas, Darius Harris from Middle Tennessee State, uh, Drew Lewis from Colorado. Uh, admittedly, I have not seen any of these guys, but kind of from everybody, I, I, I looked at some different draft boards and some different rankings. These are like day three linebackers that could potentially be special teams guys. But any thoughts on these guys? Greenlaw is like a really incredible athlete, isn't he? Like he yes. ran like a four five yep. at his forty at his, at his uh, pro day, if I'm not mistaken. So the Cowboys like are just that, looking so. for special teams. Maybe somebody who yeah, could develop exactly. into a Sam linebacker or something like that. All right. Yeah. Quickly, three uh, secondary guys that we know the Cowboys have brought in. Uh, Joe Juan Williams, the cornerback from Colorado. And then two safeties, Jonathan Abram, who we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. And Taylor Rapp, the safety from Washington. Um, who I'm going to watch tonight. You're going to watch tonight, yeah. Uh, any thoughts on these guys? Mm. Uh, nothing on Rapp yet because, I mean, I haven't seen him. But, you're going mean, to love him. You're going to love him. There's hopes. Yeah, I've heard that. And I've, I've also heard that uh, there's, it, it's kind of – Hope a lot of hoping, uh, sure. uh, and that uh, you know that, that he even falls to them at fifty eight. So we'll see if that goes. Uh, Abram, I mean, we've discussed. I'm not, I, I would not be thrilled with him at fifty eight. I mean, I don't really, you know, I don't hate the player. I just don't want him at fifty eight. That's for yeah, sure. You kind of hate him. It's okay. Uh, you're, you're allowed to say that you hate yeah, him. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't see it with him. Uh, and then uh, Johnson, the from, Joe Wall Williams. Uh, uh, Oh I, yeah, I haven't seen any of Joe Wally. He's the key, he's the kid from yep, Vanderbilt, big, right? Long, athletic yeah. quarterback. Ran uh, a, a four six two at the combine. Went to his pro day. Ran a four five two or something like that. So they wow. they'll normally split it, and we'll say four five seven. That's good enough for the scheme. If you're that size with uh, that yeah. explosiveness, and actually, you go watch his game film. It's it's really good. Like you can see him play against like yep. AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. And he does a really good job. So just an interesting kind of Chris Richard project. Maybe that they'd have to take at 58. Yeah, absolutely. And that sounds like that's, you know, again, I think they're, they've got a lot of options on the table at this point. You know, they're kind of looking at a lot of different directions. And that's point. really my biggest takeaway with the 30 visits. Are, these are a lot of guys that could go 
between picks 40 and 100. And I think the Cowboys are just trying to cover their bases, right? They're trying to get a lot of different types of players in here at a lot of different positions. So if if a Emmanuel Hall falls to them at 90, they're prepared. Uh, if uh, Jalen Ferguson gets to them at 90, they're ready to go. So just it's an interesting list. We're going to go over the Dallas Day visits uh, in a couple days. Once we get the full list, uh, we've been kind of working on that. But uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.